I am Brother Cornell West, and this is Hip Hop Can Save America. Peace and love, everybody. It's your man, Manny Faces. Just wanted to let you know that Hip Hop Can Save America is now available as a live stream show every Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time on YouTube. You can find it at hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch. Excerpts from that show will be played here on the audio feed, so you'll still get the good interviews that you've been used to. But check out the live stream and check out my free Substack newsletter at mannyfaces.substack.com. That's filled with all kinds of stories of hip-hop innovation, inspiration, and generally hip-hop news that isn't about dumb shit. For everything hip-hop can save America, hiphopcansaveamerica.com. For everything Manny Faces, mannyfaces.com. And if you find value in this work, you can support it. We'd love to have you aboard as a supporter at patreon.com slash mannyfaces. Now let's go. The thing about hip-hop today is it's smart. It's insightful. The the way that they can communicate uh, a complex message in a very short space is is remarkable. And a lot of these kids, they're not going to be reading the New York Times. That's not how they're getting their information. So hip hop didn't invent anything, but hip hop reinvented everything. Welcome to another live episode of Hip Hop Can Save America, the podcast live edition to Man Many Faces. Of course, this podcast has been around for some time. You can find it wherever you find podcasts, uh, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, all the places. Uh, and we've talked to a plethora of interesting people that are using hip hop in innovative ways, whether that might be in the fields of education, science and technology, uh, health and wellness, politics and activism and social justice, uh, the fine arts or any number of intersections that sometimes people wouldn't normally expect to be associated with hip hop, but where hip hop has shown that it has the ability to uplift humanity and improve society. Uh, and my job as uh, the self-proclaimed uh, uh, journalists to cover this is to bring these stories to you and bring these folks to you. So live every Monday through Thursday for the month of September, I decided that pandemic life wasn't complicated enough and that I would come to you guys every day uh, and bring you this wild setup uh, live. So we're doing that Monday through Thursday with a special Friday drop only on the podcast feed, a much more in-depth sit down uh, interview. The, uh, the gentleman that I'm having a discussion with today Long overdue for one of those long, deep dives because uh, we could speak for hours. But I also saw recently uh, something about his work uh, that I felt had to be addressed immediately. Uh, something that's happening right now. Uh, and so why would we wait? Why would we wait to, to, to speak to the legend himself? So I think we're good to go. We've got everyone hearing me. It seems like we shouts to Rissa, shouts to Eddie, shouts to Summer, shouts to everyone checking in on the check-ins. Let's not waste any more time. The great Ernie Panicoli. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Last time we crossed paths, uh, you were out here in Newark, New Jersey. It was at the library, I think, right? Think you did a, uh, and you were doing a signing uh, along with yes, with Vicky Toback. With library, with Vicky, everybody was so kind there, and that's a beautiful place, and it's a blessing. And I hope people are taking advantage of the power and the beauty and the knowledge that's in those books. That's how we change the world: educate, yeah. uplift, and act. Yeah, indeed. I mean, the the you know pandemic kind of changed a lot of things, but I know that the Newark Library is uh, reopening on a you know limited schedule. I, I imagine that libraries and museums and other institutions are coming back as well. Speaking about large institutions, uh, the reason why obviously I felt it was very urgent to talk to you, although it's never a bad time to talk to you about your uh, history um, as a uh, you know acclaimed hip hop photographer, uh, photographer in general, you know, but specializing in hip hop history is the Cornell University Digital Collection. Uh, as some people will know, I have it up on the screen right now. Uh, Ernie's work has been in the uh, Cornell archive. Cornell has a giant hip-hop archive. has been around for a long time. Uh, and uh, Ernie, your work, nearly 20,000 photographs, I, I understand, uh, has been part of that collection and now is available online. It's available to be accessed by the world. I think this is a, a huge uh, accomplishment, and I wanted you to uh, you know, talk about what that, that means and, and, and how that came to be. Well, first, they have at least 100,000 of my pictures. I have shot over two and a half 
times that. I've shot 250,000 images. Hmm. Long before hip-hop even came out of someone's uh, loins, I was out there. <laughs> and um, they have 100,000. They, they're posting around 21,000. And the thing that I love about it most is that they are free, accessible. Right. right. And you can argue about Cool Herc and Bambata and Zulu Nation and the Templar. You can, you know, everybody wants to be a pioneer and da 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 da. I have the receipts and they're right. free. And that's what I love. If you had to pay $22 to get a, a monthly subscription, it would cut out all the people that need to see this. Right. But it's there and it's free. You don't need a password. You don't need a note from your mother. You don't need uh, a, a MAGA hat. All you need <laughs> is access to the internet and you go to Cornell University website and you know look up my work. And when you get there, it's not complicated either because all you have to do is type in RZA. You get RZA. Type in M-E-T-H-O-D and I'm not going <laughs> to do that. And you get him. You type in K-A-N-E, you get Big Daddy Kane. You type in DJ, you get all the DJs. You right. type in Guru and you get, you know. So it's free, man. Take advantage of it. And there's a companion book that goes with it called Hip Hop at the End of the World. Right. And Freddie Fox called me last week. He said, I love your book, but the title creeps me out. <laughs> so when I did that, pandemic was something that you only saw on the wire. How many of you remember the wire? Right, right. Where uh, Ebola was out, so the, the corner boys were selling pandemic, pandemic. They were selling nickel bags of right. pandemic. So now yeah. pandemic is very real. So yeah. hip hop at the end of the world was not intended as prophecy, nor was it intended to scare you. Yeah. Uh, but it may be, it may come true, especially what I see at these college campuses where everybody's lottie daddy, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's been um, it's been interesting times. Uh, where did the name uh, of the book originate from? I, ah. I've, heard, I've heard you tell it before. It's an interesting story. A brother from the Nation of Islam, Brother William, who acted as my bodyguard when I did gang remediation. Yeah, I was out there and, mm -hmm. you know, asking the drug dealers polite, light, lightly to take it elsewhere. He was my main man. He's a yeah. giant. And... Uh, the last time I saw Biggie, uh, I took a picture of them. They were both big and black. And, you know, I was telling them that and they were threatening me. <laughs> Anyhow, he had a dream. He told me, Brother Ernie, I had a dream. I said, who are you, Dr. King? And he said, watch <laughs> your mouth. <laughs> you don't say that to a guy that's six. <laughs> so he said, I had a dream that you did a book. I said, really? I said, I don't think so. He said, no, it's called Who Shot You? Sure enough, a few months later, that manifested. 18 years later, he comes up to me, and he said, Brother Ernie, I had a dream, but this time I watched my mouth. I wasn't, you know, <laughs> people, I'm a little bit saner now, so <laughs> I had a dream that you did a book. I said, Brother, it's been 18 years, and I'm not thinking about a book. Right. Said, you did a book, and it's called Hip Hop at the End of the World. Sure enough, a month later, the phone rang. Mm. The rest is history, as they say. Uh, Rizzoli, who's my, and most photographers' dream publisher, called me because they had seen my work in Germany in a Carhartt, you know, the clothing line? Yeah. Book on the clothing, rappers wearing Carhartt. Right. So they liked it, and they sat down, and they asked me, did I have a working title? I said, yes. Uh, and kind of hesitantly, I said, hip-hop at the end of the world. And I knew they were going to tell me Please have a nice day at the coffee shop. <laughs> but they loved it. And I got the brother on the line and told him I'm at the publishing house and you want to tell him where the title came from. And he explained it to them. So some things, if you're of a certain mind and you're spiritual, certain, certain things manifest themselves in the spirit world and bring it into the real world. Yeah. Everything. Everything. We can we can rehash your your history and the work and the stories that you've you know been able to uh, tell along the way. Uh, that's one thing I like about uh, whenever I hear you talk. You talk about the pictures. You can just show the pictures. You have a story behind every picture, just like you have a story behind the title of the book. I think that's part of my 
native background. We're, we're storytellers. We didn't bother writing, you know, 300,000 book library that nobody's going to read. We shared verbally from creation to now. We even know what's going to happen next year and 10 years from now. So that was a, a blessing that's in my DNA, man. Mm. I'm grateful for that. So, see, let me explain something real quick, and I don't want to bogart, but some photographers just go up, take a picture, get a check, goodbye. And I believe that my calling as a photographer is spiritual. So when I have an encounter with a rizza, a jizza, uh, you know, a, a guru, a uh, Yasin Bey, right. I try to share with them and they share with me. Like Gil Scott Heron said, you be the message to the messenger. I can't reach 10 million people, but I know they can. Mm. Okay? So I share things with them. I've, I've sat with KRS-One for eight hours in a cipher, he and I. And a month later, I hear my words in one of his raps or one of his albums. The same thing with Chuck D. These, these, are, these are our disciples. These are our griots. These are our holy men. Right. So that's why I have a story with every picture. Mm -hmm. And the pictures as a whole, again, being accessible, obviously the books have been, you know, great and inspirational. The added bonus of having the collection at Cornell, like you said in the beginning, being accessible to people. Yes, for uh, free. For free. You know, how, how, why, how valuable, especially for hip hop as a narrative that often gets bogarted by mainstream or corporate to be able to access the actual factuals, how important is that? Man, that's everything because I come from a generation where if you wanted to hear music, you had to turn on the radio, go to a record store. And then for a while they had, uh, you know, these things where you could subscribe and so on. They got sued. I forget the name of the, the entity. What was the name of that? That You had free music exchange. Oh, you know, like the, on the internet? Yeah. The Napster and... Napster, yeah. 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 And if you wanted to see a video, you might have to watch three hours of MTV to see that one video. <laughs> right. Now they have YouTube and all these other things. And, and I can click on a Yasin Bey video. I could watch it 20 times and right. it's free. And I love that. Right. And now, and I don't want to diss anyone, but now you have Google and you could look up the distance from us to the sun, the weight of an atom. You can look at all this up, and we hire, we employ the stupidest people on earth as our leaders. Mm. So we have access to all this information, man. Right. right. No, absolutely. Uh, the, the information age is turning into the misinformation age. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Conspiracy theories are, are like, you know, there's a, there's a race of people, there's a race of men that live in the trees. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Have a good day. <laughs> uh, you touched on something there. Uh, a, a lot of your work and a lot of your activities, you know, in and out of work has had that social justice edge to it. Speak a lot about uh, indigenous issues, as you mentioned, you know, your native background. How has your career and those issues intersected? With, I was warned early on that by being activist and by sharing knowledge and by asking for certain things and by trying to organize the photographers, and trying to inject positivity and unity right. and awareness and information into what I do. I would be chastised, mollified, you know, white-balled, black-balled, red-balled, whatever they call it. And, you know, just the opposite has been true because I looked at these young men and women as messengers. Yeah. I mean, I, I could give you a playlist of 100 songs that have changed your mind all the way to Timothy Taylor, a.k.a. Wise Intelligent. And, you know, I, I just could not, I, I could not separate my heart from who I am as a person and what I hope I can impart the little bit that I learned on this planet sharing with them. Yeah. And everybody, well, you're not going to get the gigs. Well, that's true. I didn't get the gigs. Well, guess what? When one door closes, another one opens. Bob Marley said that. Right, right. You know, and it's from the Bible. So, I had no fear. That's the other thing. We need to be fearless. Right. Uh, there's a song by uh, called Fearless, and it gets me up each morning. And you've got to be fearless. It don't mean stupid. It don't mean stand in front of a truck or a train or a bullet. But damn right. it, be fearless. Be fearless. 
that means don't be irrationally paranoid. And, oh, you're going to lose this job. Well, there are other jobs. Right. And there are other ways to make money. You know, we've always, hundreds of thousands of years, we survived without money. Right. <laughs> and they laughed at us because we used to use shiny beads as a method of economy. Now right. they're using shiny plastic. Okay. <laughs> Uh, that's interesting. You're right. I mean, it's about that staying true to what you believe and, and not fearing some of the consequences, even though, you know, we have to be careful about, as you say, being reckless. Yeah. Yeah. Being fearless doesn't mean stupid. It right. Means wearing a mask, but right. not worrying about COVID, you know, because we were here before COVID, we'll be here after COVID. But you don't walk out, you know, and sit in a room with 800 people smoking weed and no mask. That's not, that's not fearless. That's <laughs> Fearless means you do what you do without the emotional stigma and baggage. You do what you do. Of course, you temper it with common sense. Yeah, yeah. And we've been testament to that. Again, your entire career, if they're telling you, you know, don't do this, and you say, well, I'm going to do it anyway, and, you know... It's it's borne out as uh, obviously one of the greats in your field. I'm really excited because of the... And I, I give respect to Cornell... Yes. For taking seriously the need to have folks like yourself, again, not just the collections, yes. uh, but telling the stories, keeping the narrative of hip hop, the entire culture uh, alive and well. Uh, ben Ortiz was on this show a while back. Ooh. Ben Ortiz. <laughs> Some guy, I think he just works in the back room. Uh, but, you know, we talked about this important need for the narrative of hip hop. And, and it's not just, I mean, we have a lot of the pioneers and, of course, elder states folk still around to tell the stories, uh, but also through the artifacts and the, and the collections like yours. Uh, if you go through my archive, and this is on a, a real note, you'll find a, a lot of people, uh, you have to put RIP next to them. Yeah. So you're only going to have so much time here anyway. And we've lost so many people, and I could spend the next three days listening to them. So my point is, there's a lot of controversy over where was the first uh, house party, who was the first DJ, nah, 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 nah. The thing about collections like Cornell and people like Ben Ortiz, who's a DJ, but he's also an alchemist because he's able to take all this stuff and, and make it into something that can go into our minds, you get closer to the true and living story of who did what, when, where, why, and how. And, and that history, uh, as long as I've been a photographer, has always been debated. You know, even people, uh, for example, Coher could tell you, you know, there's X number of people at his party, but 20,000 people have claimed to be there. <laughs> <laughs> Right. That, that wasn't a 20,000-seat uh, stadium they were rocking in. Yeah, you know, <laughs> if all the people that claimed to have been at that party were actually there, it would have taken up the whole Bronx. Yeah. But, uh, you know, things change, man. Stories change. That's why eyewitness testimony is not always the best thing, but yeah. there were eyewitnesses. And rather, there, there's a guy called, uh, I forget his name. What's his name? Uh, uh, the photographer... Uh, What's the guy, the Puerto Rican from the Bronx? The guy with the, uh, the, guy with the afro? <laughs> yeah, no Conto. No he was there. He took pictures. You know. For sure. And the thing is, it's hard to argue with a photograph or a video. I was right. I got the pictures. And right. if, if I tell you uh, Method Man was in a group before uh, Wu-Tang, he's going to deny it. But they did a <laughs> song called Blue Cheese, and I got him on stage with them. <laughs> um as you mentioned names actually you can't see it but for the viewers watching the live stream every na name you're mentioning i'm popping into your archive and it's <laughs> popping up pictures of them i got method with the eye and the blunt and the, you know what i mean uh it's just amazing how you could again anybody you could mention in a pantheon of of rap history uh you were pretty much in and around for the books, uh, just so people know, the books are obviously still available. Who shot you and uh, Hip Hop at the end of the world? Was there a difference between the two of them? I know you said that you, you know, had, hadn't done them in a long time. Hip Hop at the end of the world, and it has two women on the cover. Right. And I don't know what you know about the women, but there's a reason they're on the cover. And uh, yeah, there was a huge difference. Uh, Who shot you was a collaboration between me and Kevin Powell and uh, hip hop at the end of the world was basically my own thing and a uh, huge mm. difference. 
Yeah. Uh, there's a long story about me and the most evil man on the earth who owns HarperCollins and Fox News and all that stuff. And mm. he sent a memo saying I can't put in what I put in. And, you know, my essay on the coming colonization of hip hop, mm. I put it in. I kept the advance. They yeah. took away my advertising budget, so the, the book didn't do as well as it could have or should have. And the second book was with Rizzoli, which is my dream publishing house. And they gave me a young cat to work with who was a DJ for four years in college, a, yeah. a, a hip-hop DJ. So, you know, that was like magic. I mean, come right. This cat knows stuff I don't know. He's like another Ben Ortiz. Those cats, they're so in, enmeshed in the, in the science. And, and, you know, like you mentioned a name. I don't care what name. You, you mentioned uh, just anybody. <laughs> and they know who their DJ was. <laughs> right, right. You know, they know what week they got signed. <laughs> right. You know, I mean. For sure. So that was Ian Luna. And then you have Ben Ortiz, and then you have cats, like I said, like Joe Fanzo, who've been out there forever. Yeah. So, you know, between us all, you all need each other. You know, we needed good editors. Yeah. We needed a cat, you know, to cover the Bronx. We needed somebody like myself. But it's a collaboration, and it's a brotherhood and a sisterhood. Yeah. And this new book, uh, I even have pictures of the subway gunman for those of you who are mm -hmm. old enough to remember uh, where, you know, some guys tried to rob this dude and he pulled out a, a shotty and he shot three or four of them. I got him in the book. Mm. Probably the most controversial mayor in the world I worked for, Mayor Koch. I got him in the book. Mm. I got Jay-Z when he was 17 with gold teeth. I mean, right. the whole... Damn. Right. And I think that's all valuable because for those who aren't as familiar with hip hop culture, they look at it from the outside. They see a certain very narrow kind of perception of what the music and the culture is. But when you talk about the subway gunman, you talk about, uh, you know, Mayor Koch, you talk about politics, you talk about the politics of New York City. All that is super integral to what hip hop is. So all that stuff is connected. Can you believe I was the photographer for Mayor Koch's TV show? <laughs> during the night, Koch on call, and, during, and he wow. he was saying things like, graffiti artists should be castrated. <laughs> and during the day, I'm hanging out with Lee, Quinones, and, and Vulcan, and all the graffiti artists. Of course. And, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there listening to him, and I would tell, tell the mayor something, and he'd tell me, you know, go <clears throat> myself, and we get into arguments, and the cat was cool. He was cool as could be, because... Wow. He had a, he was, he was New York and he had a sense of humor and he thought I was crazy because I defended, you know, and, yeah. uh, he said, but I got to pay the bills for that. So I think it's S H I T, you know, so yeah. he was like the I R T is a, he, he just went on. So to have yeah. that duality, to be there with the government and yeah. be there with the, the, the lawmakers and, the, you know, and then, at, you know, other times being with the people who are creating the graffiti. So. Yeah. Uh, one thing people don't know about me is that I may have another 50,000 pictures of graffiti. Oh, wow. I've only done one book on the low. It was called, I call it graffiti. It's mm -hmm. on lulu.com, and most people don't know about it, which is cool because it makes it a classic. It's called, right. they call it graffiti. Mm. But uh, most of my graffiti has been hidden. One DMC's publicist, Bill Adler, did a gallery show a few years back. Uh, of my graffiti, uh, but most people don't know me as a graffiti photographer, and I didn't want to get stuck in that bag. I don't like getting stuck in bags, so. I hear that. You, uh, you also have some artistry background yourself. Yes. You started as an artist, didn't you? Yes, I'm a painter. Yeah. You still do it? You still? Yes. Yeah? All I'm right. I ain't doing it. Here. Okay. Yeah, I'm good one. Here. Let's <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, we're not playing around. Oh, wow. All right. And, uh, you know how many copies there are of this book? Uh, one? Exactly two. I just gave one to my granddaughter. So I have oh, one. Wow. And she has one. And uh, yes, I started out as a painter. Nice. But when I picked up a camera, it was so yeah. easy. What would take me six months, I could do in the 60th of a <laughs> second. I was like, Jesus. Wow. Did you, 
That is crazy. You didn't have any formal training for photography? I mean, that no, wasn't I a had no f- formal training for painting either. Right. Just did it. It's like making love, you know. You, you kind of slide into it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, the classics. The classics yeah, my, right there. You know, Atlas holding up the world. Well, that's cool, Herc, holding up hip-hop. That's wonderful. And uh, the last photo shoot with Big Pun, I love you, I miss you. Yeah. Man, I could go on and on. Like Brazil, went huh. before they started shaving. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Do you still, I mean, I know you're a published author and, and a successful one. And you're, you know, working on paintings and stuff. Do you still go out and shoot anymore? No. But. 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 There's something else that I'm doing. I'm re- Inventing and reimagining the images I have. Okay. I have a picture of Snoop that could go in a museum as a Renaissance painting. And that started a whole series of things. So I'm reimagining. Also, I'm representing a young artist and I got to give her some props. And. She's seven years old. <laughs> Man, listen. <laughs> the next generation. You got it going on. No, I'm reimagining <laughs> a lot of my work. That's cool. And the beauty of that is that uh, a lot of people just see or have this image of hip-hop as just, you know, this, you know. Sure. And because of my painterly mind... My work went somewhere else. Yeah. Okay, so reimagining means literally uh, creating things of art. Oh, wow. And beauty and power. Again, being political, his Ice Cube choking the Statue of Liberty, mm-hmm. Red Man choking Ronald McDonald. <laughs> right. You know, Kill, kill, kill the icons. Tifa mm. and Ice, uh, Ice Liquor. <laughs> uh, I'm reimagining my work, and that, I think that's a crucial, crucial thing. These are all yeah. hip hop at the end of the world. Yeah. I'm reimagining my work, and when when I do a show, people's minds are going to be blown because no one has ever done this with hip hop before. And I, yeah. I won't, I won't get too deep or give away too much, but trust me. You're going to be excited. Well, that's, that is exciting. Uh, you know, part of, you said it right there, and you, I've heard you say it a number of uh, different ways over different interviews, that, again, hip-hop is more than that narrow interpretation, yes. and, and hip-hop photography is more than that yes. narrow interpretation. Yes. And you're showing that can be, obviously, you know, like you mentioned, Konzo's had, and I think you've had, uh, you know, exhibitions, and you yes. know, work's been shown throughout the world. We even had shows together, Mayhem and Jamel Chavez. Right. So, and you mentioned the the, three the hard way, right? And you mentioned the brotherhood, which I also think is great as elders, statesmen yes. in the game. But yes. to show that that we can, we don't have to be at odds. You don't have to be competitive. Oh, no. for the sake of being competitive. No, uh, me and Joe had a big fight. It was called the uh, I forget what they call it. It was an online battle where I dissed him hard. He dissed me hard. And what happened was he would call me up in between. And giggle and laugh. And <laughs> While you're going at it. Yeah, people people <laughs> were taking sides, man. The Bronx, this, the Brook. You know, oh, you got to, re- you're older than Joe. You got to respect him, man. You got to show, you know, and people were telling him to be nice, that Ernie's a good, and he would call me up and we're cracking up. <laughs> and finally, we let the cat out the bag and let folks know, man, come on, yeah. man. Yeah. We're having more fun with this than anybody. <laughs> you know, people right. get ready to attack me in the street, you know? I'm like, sure. Ah, come on, man. Yeah, well, you know, uh, it is it is inspiring because I've talked to, to Joe Conzo. I've interviewed him as well, and he mentions you and, again, the whole crew and everybody, and it's always great. And Conzo's work is at Cornell also. And, and again, you can see a lot of this stuff uh, in these archives and, of course, in the books. I, like I said, I needed to have you on as soon as possible. I'm so glad that you came through uh, because we need to let people know that this is available. Uh, you know, you don't see it being uh, talked about nearly as much as it should be. So I, I had to do my part. 
And we have new reimagined works coming soon sometimes. You're working on that as well. Something you're going to show us. Uh, what else do you have kind of in the pipeline? Is that kind of where your head is at right now, trying to work on that reimagining? I got a phone call a couple of months ago from a young man who talked to me for an hour and 20 minutes. It was LL Cool J. And Heard of that guy? Yeah. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. we got a long history. And sure. Todd Smith. Yeah. He, uh, Great actor. Yeah. <laughs> He, he asked, asked me to become part of Rock the Bell. So I don't know where that's going, but I agreed. And nice. Crazy Legs. There's a lot of people that are part of that. He wanted it to be something where those of us that a little bit long in the tooth had a methodology where we could not be indigent and, you know, have money coming in. So yeah. he's working on that. Uh, I'm working with some people to put out a line of framed images, very limited and uh affordable you know there's a few things um yeah i was doing lectures around the world but now with the pandemic i'm not going to get on a plane being fearless doesn't mean stupid you know i hear that yeah chuck d says freedom doesn't mean free to be dumb (laughs) (laughs) amen to that (laughs) you want a world exclusive on the what i'm doing reimagining you want to see 100 percent. hold on right now yeah, I blurred it. Hold on. All right. World premiere. Let people know you're watching the live version of Hip Hop Can Save America, the podcast. With many faces. We're here Monday to Thursday live, Friday on the podcast feed, and we're here with the legendary brother, Ernie Panicoli. Yeah, put the pipe down for a minute, people. <laughs> <laughs> and brother Ernie has pledged to show us a world premiere of his next iteration, his evolution as an artist. You ready? Uh, can I have a little drum roll, please? Can... Ah, that's incredible. Yeah, we get a little glare, but I can we can see it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm trying to. No, no, it's good. That's good. And I'm reimagining my whole collection. Wow. Renaissance paintings. Wow. And, uh, Hey, podcast listeners, I know, I know you can't see it. It's kind of, I know, I know. Uh, go to youtube.com slash Manny Faces, and you can see this and all the other live stream episodes that we're doing for the month of September, uh, including all the previous episodes and all the upcoming episodes. They'll be on the YouTube page. You got to see Ernie's work. I cleaned this up as best as I could for audio, but you got to see it. Uh, so youtube.com slash Manny Faces. Let's get back to it. That's pretty cool, man. That is tight. Uh, imagine that. Multiply that by Tupac, MF Doom, Puffy, Ice T, DMC, Mace, Biggie, etc., etc., etc. How do they say? Take my money. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty dope, sir. That is pretty dope. And that's important to keep evolving and keep going. You don't, you you know you ain't done yet. Come on. You you want to see something that blew my mind? The one good thing from the pandemic and the quarantine, right? I was going through some negatives and amongst some bum ass rappers, some rap group that lasted less time than it took to get their hair cut again a week later, <laughs> uh, I found the negative. Yeah. I blew it up. And it's one of my five best pictures of all time. And I was so excited. I didn't know what to do. Oh, wow. When did you take that? 1984. Wow. James Baldwin. And for wow. those of you who don't read, I'm not even going to tell you who James was. <laughs> well, they should know. James Baldwin. And that's that's an amazing uh, that's an amazing shot. When you say you found the negative, like you hadn't blown, you hadn't printed that I, before. I'd never seen it before. Wow. Because back then, you had, you know, you, you you were dealing with fifty rolls of film. You had negatives here. You had slides there. You had this, that, this, that, and and paint everywhere. And yeah. You know, Things just got, you know, it's not like now you have everything on digital. Right. That's why That's why every now and then someone will come out with the lost pictures of. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. 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 There's even rap albums that are coming out of, you know, things they found. Right. On the room floor, man. So. Yeah. Ha- how many more gems do you think you have tucked away? <laughs> A lot. Yeah. I did not have the luxury of Photoshop, of. Right. Of, Internet, or, you know, back then it was dial up. <laughs> <laughs> if that, right? Yeah. 
CompuServe. <laughs> so, do, so there's the archive collection up at Cornell. Do you still have stuff that's not at Cornell or do they have kind of everything? I have 150,000 images that's not at Cornell because they took my hip hop. They didn't take my before hip hop. They didn't take my mm. celebrities. They didn't take my native shots. Oh, wow. Right. Mm. Yeah. So all the other portrait work and uh yeah and, 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 and yeah. You'll be shocked when you see this work. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. And I'm not one to use exclamation points, but <laughs> uh, you know, there's a whole body of work. Mm. I have pictures of all the movie stars, portraits. Yeah. Of uh, all the way back to Frank Sinatra. So when you mentioned that you have like slides or negatives that you, you know, don't even know you had, is there, do you have a, some kind of mechanism for, you know, sorting? Are you going through them? Are you having people, I know the Cornell will do it for the work that they take in, you know, for the archival of the, the other, the other stuff you have. Here's, here's the, the, the two secret high tech tools. Okay. That's yeah. One. Right. And here's the other. This is <laughs> Wow. Those are. Yeah, yeah. I shouldn't even share that with the audience. That, that's high tech. I don't know. Yeah, there's gonna be some copyright claims or something, man. Yeah. So those <laughs> are my high tech tools. Yeah. And I just sit here and I go through them. I have a light box. Yeah. You know, you'd be surprised. And the other thing is that for every picture that gets printed, there might be fifty pictures from or hundred pictures from that shoot. Right. You right. Know, man, I'm I'm blessed. Uh, I'm blessed and I'm grateful and I just hope that people understand what I'm about to say, that you all have access to information. You have access to podcasts, which used to be called radio shows, and you have access to have your voice heard. You have the ability to change the course of how we live. Don't give me a... uh, don't take down some Confederate uh, statue that only pigeons enjoy. Uh, don't take down, don't write Black Lives Matter on the sidewalk. That is not going to get jobs. That is not, we need to get into legality. We need to get into law. We need to get into economics. Right. We need to find a way to feed, clothe, shelter, educate, and uplift our people. Those are what they call, what, what do they call, where they give you a, a biscuit, you know, or, or give you, you know, th- right. those are nice. I don't like Confederate statues. Right. Who does? It's lip, lip service. It's throw you about. They do it, take it out, but it's not the real. Who even looks at those statues? They sit there, the pigeons poop on them. Nobody even, if, if you were to ask a hundred people, who's that? I don't know. Right. General Fartface. I don't know who he is. What do he do? I don't know. Which side was he on? I don't know. I don't care. Right. All right. Give people jobs. Give people educations. Give people training. Give people the, the tools in order to do what I did, to pick up a tool, any tool, in my case, a camera sure. and a paintbrush. Right. Somebody else can pick up a knife or a chisel and make statues of their own. Don't, don't feed us crumbs. We don't need crumbs. We've had crumbs. Only crumb I like is our crumb. For those of you who don't know the underground <laughs> comics, all right? That's the only crumb you can give me. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that First, we need to unify as a people, as, as, you know, us against them. We need to unify because they're organized. Right. They got this together very, very tight. All right. Now you got all these tools. You don't need the record labels. You don't need the publishing house. You can do everything by yourself. Do it. Even if it's whack, at least it's yours. Right. Miles Davis, who's one of my heroes, they, they said, someone was talking to him, said, man, You've done incredible. You've been so prolific. You've done an incredible body of work. He said, yeah. He says, I've also done some shit. (laughs) And I said, well, how do you feel about it? He says, I feel good. He says, because I didn't do the same album over and over and over and over and over like a lot of artists do. Yeah. I'd rather do something bad and try to do something good. That's right. I do it. And one thing for all you artists out there, I don't care what you are. I don't care. If you're a rapper, a DJ, a nose picker, I don't care what it is, <laughs> a painter, I don't care. Be prolific. If you don't know what prolific means, look it up in the dictionary. 
keep going. You'll find your way. But if you don't, if you're not prolific, if you don't spend an hour or two hours a day studying your craft, you're going to be left behind, man. Come on. I ain't telling you nothing new or amazing. You know, I ain't inventing nothing. (laughs) I ain't got no uh, 39 laws of power and all that. (laughs) Right. Please. Also, I have a new title for the last couple of years. I'm the Supreme Minister of Culture for the Universal Zulu Nation. Okay. All right. Well, respect to that. Respect to the Zulu Nation. The Supreme I ever knew was a drug dealer and and the court. (laughs) 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 El Supremo. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, and respect to the, again, respect to organizations like the Universal Zulu Nation, really always on the forefront of making sure the narrative is controlled. Making sure you're not giving it, making sure they're not giving it away, giving away the store when it comes to the narrative. Yeah. 28 years in 45 nations and countries. Yep. Yeah, shouts to the, the whole Zulu Nation. And shouts to you once again, sir. You bring up a lot of good points. Uh, I'm prolific, and so it's good to hear it from you yes. that I've, I got to just keep doing it. I don't have to worry about it. I worry about You know, we worry about it. We're artists. How Erica Badu says, we're sensitive about our shit sometimes, right? Yeah. But, <laughs> but we just keep got to keep plugging away. And you mentioned that in terms of uh, having uh, a political voice, an activism voice, getting involved yeah. on a real level. But don't ask for crumbs. You'll get crumbs. Right. I get crumbs all day. Right. Right, right on. And as for the keys, I always think that, and the reason why I do this show, the reason why it's titled Hip Hop Can Save America is because I think that the people who have come from hip hop culture uh, authentically uh, have those skills naturally. Like you said, you figured it out, you found a way, you paved the way, and were innovative and creative and inspiring along the way, and no one taught you how to do it. And took no shit from nobody. Right. So that's why I like to make sure that people in different industries that don't look at hip hop as being sort of a, a, an inspiration need to look at the culture uh, and need yes. to include practitioners and people that are of hip hop into yes. any industry. Yes. There's so much. If, if you just make a playlist of positive and there, there's so much stuff. Yeah. Uh, I had this conversation with Tupac and I said, man, you know, in Jamaica, they got this thing. Uh, called dance hall, which is really negative. It's you know about booties and you know blah 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 blah. Right. I said, but there's no reggae artist that will do a dance hall album without giving one minute back to Ja and his people. Okay. In, in the middle of all the bullshit. Right. You know. And then a couple of years later, I hear on one of his more ferocious albums, he said they got money for war and can't feed the poor. Right. You got to give something back that can't be argued with. Yeah. Doug D, when he said, most of my heroes don't appear on no stamps. You know, there's just, you, you, it's haiku. You just put a little bit, you know, right. to offset the BS. Right. Okay, you ain't got to be KRS-1. Right, right, right. You got to be Chuck D. You ain't right. got to be the X-Clan. You ain't right. got to do that. Right. But if you just drop a little bit of seasoning in there, that's enough. Yeah. Like people say, damn. Gil Scott Heron said something. He said, you can't have it both ways. He was talking to rappers. He says, on one song, she's your African queen, and on the next song, she's a joke. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Indeed. Indeed. Well, your words will ring true. There are obviously a lot of artists that don't get the acclaim that they deserve. They don't get the shine. The record companies like to do their thing. The radio stations like to do their thing. But like you said at the beginning of this, there's free access to information and that includes great artistry. We talk to a lot of those artists. They exist. Some of them are young as hell. Like you wouldn't think there's an 18 year old that's doing it, you know, the right way. But there are plenty of artists, all genders, all areas of the world, all areas of the country. Uh, So that access to free information is super important to help make sure that the artistry is represented properly and once again free the cornell hip-hop collection ernie panicoli's photo archive not your entire archive of everything uh but certainly a sizable and respectable portion can be found online for free just access to an internet and brothers and sisters you can get me on email on brother ernie at gmail.com if you forget that then you leave the, <laughs> need to leave the pipe alone for a day <laughs> Brother Ernie at gmail.com. I answer everything. Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. IG. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Brother Ernie, it's clear why uh, you are called brother by so many. And uh, I just, as a journalist, I made my own way. 
uh, yes. in this world as is in what I do doc trying to do my my job to document hip hop culture the proper way uh and it's looking at folks like yourself that give me that inspiration and and I hope that I I done you just way, say get out of my way move that's it and Make if they don't happen. move you walk around them that's all still going to have billion people on our earth yes okay you ain't got to fixate on one they're whack they're crazy they're crabby oh, but you can't do it. nah that's okay man you can't nah Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do it anyway. I'm gonna do it anyway. Yeah. Well, thank you for uh, uh, laying the path uh, for folks like uh, me. Uh, we look to you with inspiration, sir. And when we're doing the full Renaissance thing, I appreciate the world premiere. I really do. Uh, we'll want to talk again and showcase that. And again, we got to sit down and I know you got stories, and I want to make sure that we talk. Can again. I share something with you off hip hop for one second. Yeah, hundred percent. If I were to ask you, I'm not asking you, but if I were to ask you, what is the most powerful beautiful movie you ever saw in your life do you know do you think you'd be able to answer that the most i don't know okay i'm, I'm not asking that's yeah why I, I might have one or two okay well guess what 1980 they made a movie called resurrection and my mother rest in peace she told me about this movie and i was like okay so i watched it and now it's 2020, and I was lucky to find a copy of it. Mm. And I realized it changed my life. Mm. It taught me more than I learned in school. I got no connection to it. They, none of my photos. None. <laughs> right. I'm just sharing something with you. Yeah. Ellen Burstyn. Okay. And it's called Resurrection. And it's for, there, there's like 50 movies called Resurrection. <laughs> this, is, this is from 1980. And it had a profound influence on me. And uh, I'm not asking anybody to buy it. I'm sure there's 500 uh, fire sticks and all that stuff. Yeah. But please watch it. That's interesting. You know, not for nothing, what I try to have in this show, I was trying to ask guests, like, give me a recommendation of something you'd like to pass along. And uh, you just did that. So I appreciate it. Bill Scott Heron message to the messengers. Yes. Yes, indeed. Well, those will be uh, highlighted and make sure that people uh, pay attention to those things. And your books, sir. Hip-hop at, uh, hip at the end of the world. Which, which, which I pray is not prophetic. Well, it could be metaphorical, and that wouldn't be so bad if it turns out to be the end of the world as we knew it and maybe a better world to come. So uh, thank you again, sir, for your time. I really appreciate you. I hope that you and your family stay well and stay blessed during this wild and crazy time that we're in. And uh, thank I think for having me brother i appreciate, I, I appreciate the appreciation and appreciate you thank you ernie thank you so much wow. appreciate it the legendary ernie panicoli thank you so much for tuning in listening to this uh you know nothing gives me more pleasure in doing this than talking to folks <laughs> like that uh really inspiring and informative and educational and interesting and the stories and he's a great guy and if you didn't already know now you know so once again hip-hop and in the world do sh- uh, be sure to pick that up and if you're wa- if you're watching this we'll go back and we'll add the links so you'll have it in a few seconds and if this goes if you're listening to this on the podcast feed check the show notes for links to ernie's work uh it goes without saying it needs to be on your bookshelf uh, it needs to be on your hands and it's a great gift to give somebody who's a lover and a follower of the culture uh, so once again thank you to brother ernie panicoli for coming through and sh- and spending some time with us i just during these I have a thousand things they're trying to do to get by and figure out the next path and evolve and can't go out and, and lecture and get paid and do these things to see someone has been in this game for so long did so many great things still doing some amazing new work that should inspire a lot of us that are creatives to make sure that we keep in, uh, keep evolving and keep as he said pushing people out the way uh, so that's uh, just a great, um, great message. And I thank him again for spending time with us. My name is Manny Faces. This is Hip Hop Can Save America. My contribution to the journalism field that makes sure that we highlight people who are using hip hop in innovative, inspiring, and often surprising ways. Uh, hip hop is not a monolith. We know that it gets a bad rap in the mainstream. We know that people from all over will view it different ways. We try to give you the perspective of uh, intelligence. This is the smartest hip hop podcast in the world. So we're going to live up to that. Uh, Once again, every Monday through Thursday live, uh, wherever you're watching me, Facebook, YouTube, and then Friday, a special bonus drop to the podcast feed. All of the links are here where you're watching me. uh, So please do subscribe to that. Subscribe to the Hip Hop Advocate newsletter. Uh, That goes out, I'd like to say every two weeks, but it doesn't really go out every two weeks. Uh, Shouts to Summer 
Summer uh, in the uh, in the comment section linking to Ernie's book um, and the OG uh, associate producer for this show and shouts to the new G associate producer Cindy for all her help getting all of this technological madness orchestrated. If you feel so inclined, I'm not asking you to do so. I kind of am. Uh, you can support this show and support this work on Patreon. A Patreon account still kind of new, so be gentle. Uh, Patreon.com slash Manny Faces. Y'all know me for a long time. I've been doing Birthplace Magazine back in 2008, the New York Hip Hop Report in 2011, the Manny Faces Show, and the Center for Hip Hop Advocacy, and now Hip Hop Can Save America. You know that I put my all into these things, and that includes every cent that you guys blessed me with. So please believe the transparency is there. It goes to this work. Uh, that being said, we'll be back tomorrow. More guests for the rest of the month, Monday through Thursday. Uh, then I'll take a long break and see how this works. And God willing, maybe we can take this to a bigger platform. Uh, and do something that's uh, reaching more ears because the stories that come through here, the people that are paying attention all deserve their voices to be uh, shared and their narratives to be continued through time. So if you have any questions, comments, you know how to reach me. Thanks to sponsors of the show, uh, Newsbeat, Newsbeat Podcast, Social Justice Journalism, Mixed with Hip Hop. It's like uh, it's like Democracy Now! and Black Thought had a podcast, baby. Uh, we cover some really great social justice issues. Uh, the experts, the analysts, the activists, the people on the ground doing all the work. Do check out the Newsbeat podcast, award-winning, and of course, uh, sponsored also by Manny Faces Media, which is me doing all of this. So if this live stream looks kind of cool, you might want to talk about doing something similar, or you want to put together a podcast, or you have some ideas in terms of communicating to the public and the masses, hit us up. We do consultations and we do podcast production. We do all those things. And lastly, Funkadelic Studios, once again, uh, is a friend of the room. And if you're in the New York City area, you're a musician and you're an artist, you want to get back to recording and rehearsing, Funkadelic Studios is open and is safe and is waiting for you to come. Uh, my name is Manny Faces. Thank you to Eddie. Thanks to Rissa, uh, Keisha, uh, whoever else checked in. I was so mesmerized by the conversation i didn't get to tk was out in here uh shouts to bonfire radio uh shouts to uh once again adam seven on the check-in um lunic was uh checking in i hope she's still checking in so she could hear me say hi uh and just anyone else who's uh who's tuned in and and following this show we'll be back tomorrow 1 p.m eastern wherever you're f looking at me now thank you again everyone i appreciate y'all i love y'all and uh we'll be back tomorrow peace once again, thanks for listening to another episode of Hip Hop Can Save America, a.k.a. the world's most important hip hop podcast. My name is Manny Faces. You can find out more about the show at hiphopcansaveamerica.com. You can watch the show now as a live stream on YouTube, hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch. Check back for all the replays as well. The interviews from the live stream will be brought here onto the audio feed, so you always get the best of the live stream. You can also check out our Substack newsletter. It's free at mannyfaces.substack.com filled with stories of hip-hop innovation, inspiration, and in general, hip-hop news that isn't about dumb <laughs> Eternal shouts to our consulting producer, Summer McCoy. Be sure to check out her dope initiatives, Hip-Hop Hacks, and the Mixtape Museum. We'll be back soon with another dope episode, but check us out on the live stream as well. Mondays, 9 p.m. Eastern, hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch. Until next time, it's Many Faces wishing peace and love to you and yours.